Welcome to Coffee and Change, a podcast where we talk about change in our lives, our work, and our world, and how we're managing it. Hey, podcast listeners. On episode 11, we'll be talking about change in healthcare. But before we get started in our interview, I wanted to share a staggering statistic. According to a Forbes article published February 2nd, the severity of this flu season is projected to cost more than $9.4 billion in lost productivity. And for small and medium-sized companies, workforce illness can have a major impact on day-to-day operations. Companies, large and small, are working hard to take care of their employees and reduce health care costs. And my guest today on the podcast is passionate about both of those goals. Sarah Cole is the Chief Financial Officer at Vera Whole Health. Vera Whole Health provides population health management to large and mid-sized employees, and their delivery model is a little different. They deliver on-site primary care with embedded health coaching that is efficient and effective. And their secret to success is empathetic listening that unlocks the door to behavior change and ultimately leads to long-term health. Vera Whole Health believes that behavior change is the key to health. They also believe it's the missing ingredient in today's healthcare system. And they state why. Today's healthcare system treats symptoms, not people. Vera's mission is to get back to treating people, starting with listening. So let's hear from their CFO, Sarah Cole, on some of the changes that are impacting the healthcare industry. Tell us a little bit about your company and your role. Great. All right. Well, um, my name is Sarah Cole, and I am the Chief Financial Officer for Vera Cole Health. Uh, Vera is E-E-R-A, um, and pronounced Vera like Sarah. Lots of people like to call us Vera, so I like to clarify that. Um, anyhow, so we Vera is, uh, and sort of the short story is that we are an employer-based primary care service. Um, so we can either do, uh, we can offer primary care for employers who um, would like to offer that as a benefit to their employees and um really anyone, any member who's enrolled on their health benefit plan. It's a mechanism to both um, control healthcare costs and um, also provide uh, more comprehensive, proactive uh, primary care for, for their members. Um, but the, the sort of longer story in terms of what Vera is, is we like to think of ourselves as a medical management company. Mm-hmm. Um, we employ practices around uh, population health, um, these are some of the like industry terms, population health, uh, medical home. So from a patient's perspective, um, sort of being that, that medical home for them. So the place that they always, the place they start, the place that they always come back to, that sort of thing. Um, and all of these things, the intention are to, um, well, to kind of bring it back to what our mission is, is to help uh, individuals change behaviors by esteeming them through empathetic listening. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of a fancy way of saying help help people be more proactive around their health, um, focusing on a on a whole health approach. So the whole person, bio, psycho and social um, and all of these things that I like to say the happy side effect is that generally it means that um, that medical expenses for their employer go down fairly significantly. Absolutely. I mean, as you as you started off talking about the desire to kind of control uh, healthcare cost. I saw a number that said the flu is going to cost upwards of nine billion dollars in treatment this year. And as I was thinking about the way you kind of talk through um, your model and approach to healthcare, 
you know, it being intentionally different um, and sort of the, the, the approach to, to really give the whole health to people. You know, I, I also saw a tweet that you guys had this morning uh, or this week, rather, that talked about just one thing. And I was curious from your standpoint, you know, on that on that approach with empathetic listening, your thoughts on obviously there's a ton of uh, change happening in the healthcare industry right now. There's also a lot of just change that's happening with patients and the things that they need to do and to learn. And and so thinking about that just one thing approach, um, that, that really stood out to me uh, in terms of how you reach out to patients and how you partner. You know, the amount of stuff that's going on right now in the industry do you find it? Uh, do you find it easier to kind of approach approach this way, uh, this intentional um, uh, model differently? Um, and if so, what's what's been different about that? Yeah, well, I think the just one thing. I mean, I think that the the current healthcare environment there's so much innovation going on, which is really wonderful. Um, but it also creates a huge amount of noise, um, both for employers who are out shopping for benefits to purchase for their um, employees. And also for the patient, right? So mm-hmm. there's just so much choice, and um, and it can be rather confusing. Folks don't understand what their benefits are and what it means to them in terms of what they might have to pay out of pocket, and you know, or even you know, they generally don't know until after it's all occurred and you and you get the bill in the mail. So it can be kind of shocking. So from our perspective, it's about making it just simplifying it for everyone, for the patients, for um, the employers who are our customer and and using our clinic as sort of a hub for it all. So if we can have one call to action for the patient, which is to just simply come into the clinic, um, we have what we call an annual whole health visit, but it, it's sort of a it's sort of generally what you would imagine your annual physical would be, but mm-hmm. if you don't need an annual physical, it's not going to be that. It can just simply be uh, sitting with your provider allowing them, you know, 30 to potentially 60 minutes um, to get to know you as a whole person. So um, understanding everything that's going on in your life to the extent that you want to share that. It also allows you to meet a coach so that you understand what coaching looks like in our environment. Um, And then to gather some data points. So like, you know, pricking your finger and getting your numbers and um, maybe learning a little bit about your uh, family medical history, that kind of thing. So if we can get a person to just do that one thing, and that then we can help direct them for what they need. So if, right. if there's complex care needs that they require, we can help direct them to, you know, a specialist that's appropriate and also help them understand what that might mean to them under their current benefit structure because we have the advantage of understanding that because we have a relationship with their employer, right? And, and all the various things. I mean, it could just also just simply be maybe a person isn't uh, – physically ill in any way, but um, but they're they're struggling to sleep because they're having some financial issues and they could really benefit from some financial advice. And most employers have EAP plans, um, but most people don't even know that. Right. Don't use them, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly right. And so if we can even help, you know, if, if that was revealed in the conversation and generally things like that, either get revealed in that provider visit or they'll get revealed in a coaching visit. Um, either way, we have the information we can direct that person to the benefit and, and they can really use it, which is wonderful for that individual. And it's also wonderful for the employer because they're paying for it and, and they want their people to be able to use it and take advantage of it. So, Right. And I mean, so, imagine it saves them costs later on, too. I mean, if you think about, again, just thinking about the flu and whatnot, I mean, the connection between mind and body health 
um, the ability to sleep better is going to obviously increase your immune system and allow you to probably fight, you know, fight those, uh, those bacteria a little better. Um, so I, I could totally see that changing the, the patient experience and then probably the, the provider's experience as well, right? Oh, for the providers, it's, it's amazing because, you know, most primary care, people don't go into primary care for money. <laughs> it really, you know, the, if you want to make money, you go into some form of specialty care mm -hmm. because that, that's really where the money is. But, um, and so most of the folks that have chosen to go into family medicine slash primary care are, are individuals who, who did it because they were very um, idealistic about how they wanted to be able to care for people. And um, in the current, in sort of the traditional healthcare system, what that ends up happening to them is they're in this very production oriented system where they have to see, you know, 20 to 25 people a day. Right. Um, maybe get 15 minutes if they're lucky. I mean, sometimes it's like seven. Um, and, and you really can't, you really can't get to know a person in that environment. It's purely sick care. You're just treating symptoms and, um, and then trying to push them off to somebody else to, 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 um, you know, to isolate issues. So um, that's not very gratifying to most folks who have who've gone into primary care because they wanted to care for people. In our model, you can spend, for an acute visit, you get 30 minutes with a person, which is, you know, extraordinary. And um, for a wellness visit, you can have up to 60. Wow. It really, really allows you to create that sort of, that old-fashioned relationship, you know, provider-patient relationship where you actually really get to know each other and you can build trust. Um, and that's just so important, I think. Um, it's something that our system, we've, we've eliminated it because of this production-oriented um, uh, system that we've created. But it truly is such a key component to, um, to care is having that trusting relationship with a provider, right? So I that agree. you, yeah. yeah, I mean, folks need to be, we, we have, um, our approach is sort of, uh, we teach everyone in our organization this, providers and also like myself, for example, went through this training. We use, um, we call them the five core coaching skills. Um, and they have everything to do with, you know, uh, being a good listener, being curious, acknowledging, being very clear, which we think is very important, and then making a connection. Um, all of these things build trust, and they also allow you to um, to really understand because you're you're um, pausing and, and and being mindful in the moment um, to get to know an individual and allow them to participate in the conversation around their health and their life and. So you're able to support them in a way that's really different from what we have in our current health system. Which I imagine is is pretty remarkable. And, and you know, hearing about sort of even those those coaching tips, you know, if you think about uh, the, the big shift, as, as you guys have described, that's underway in the industry with, you know, I put in quotes and air quotes, the great consolidations and mega mergers that are happening um, in the industry. I mean, they're all over the headlines now, um, CVS, Aetna. Um, obviously, the, the the clinics, providers, companies. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, there's so much to read on the technology consolidation, the company consolidation, and even even if I think about a very specific example for me, I remember talking to a practitioner, and you know, they said things like Epic were were great and challenging at the same time. Like it it sped up things, but they realized that they were spending more time looking at a screen than they were looking at the patient to kind of click through all the steps they needed to do. And, you know, as more mergers and consolidations happen, there's more technology expectations. And so I would just love to get your thoughts on that, given the focus that you all are taking is uh, very unique against that that trend. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
Well, I mean, we embrace technology, but the way that we embrace technology is um, to we, we use it to enhance that provider-patient relationship, right? So to the extent that technology can help uh, help improve the that relationship and trust, then um, then we use it. So I mean, you can't and you have to document it in EMR. You're kind of stuck with that. So right. <laughs> we try to just yeah, we make use of it as best as we can. But um, with regards to you know the consolidation that's going on in the industry, it's um, you know it's not that surprising because the the broader healthcare industry there definitely is pressure to shift away from this fee for service broken system that we have and um, and more towards uh, value and um, and that's really that's really scary for a lot of providers because it means for them that they are going to have to take risk right and so and. Yeah, and, and of course, at the same time, lots of price pressure um, with Medicare um, pricing and uh, Medicaid pricing. And so um, so they're just in a squeeze right now, is what I would say. And so so lot, lots of what you see is, in the consolidation is an attempt to sort of manage the whole vertical. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the thinking behind that is that if you can manage the whole vertical, then you can you can manage the risk, right? That you're not relying on another party to, um, sure. to do it. But then there are other things like um, like the the recent CVS uh, merger, which I think is so interesting. I mean, that's going to be there's going to be a lot of just um, that could be really positive for consumers, and it could also be maybe not so great, right? So. Uh, if the, more than likely that that's a, a grab to sort of get more of the um, uh, prescription uh, market, right? Mm-hmm. And um, to the extent that they can drive care um, into the clinics and require or or really incentivize um, purchasing of medications through that same channel, um, that certainly is uh, advantageous for them. So it, it could be great for the patient if the pricing is is um, is the incentive incentivization right you know Mm -hmm. but it also could um end up not being so great if they control the entire vertical and you just sort of are uh left at the mercy so so that'll be interesting to see what happens there but i would say that some of the the consolidation i would say is mostly positive um from a from a um from a patient perspective as long as um the shift really at least from a provider perspective is to go towards value Mm -hmm. as opposed with the fee-for-service and we think we fit into that we, we feel like we fit into that perfectly I mean that's what we do is we sort of manage the risk in a sense right I mean it, it's a, it's again it's sort of the happy side effect of the the approach to care that we take but um, being that medical home for, for folks and really focusing on making sure that when we send them outside of our of our services beyond primary care that we're sending them to the highest quality and greatest value providers um, and we use data to support all of that um, that's where technology really supports what we do mm-hmm. is is how we sort of manage the the um, healthcare services that that go outside of our clinic um, it's really important that we select um, specialty providers that are doing have really great outcomes and are also not charging outrageous prices, right? Sure, yeah. And you all have clinics, I think I saw, you have clinics that are spread from like Alaska to Arizona, is that right? Yes, yeah, Alaska, Arizona, Washington, California, Oregon, and Idaho right now. So um, we're primarily focused on the western half of the United States, but um, but I hope to eventually be a national organization. I mean, our, our, 
our vision is to create a health revolution. And in order to do that, we feel like we need to be the core of, the, of this country's health system. So our approach to care, we would like to be the core of it. So whatever that health system is, we'll, we'll see. There's lots of uh, unknowns in that category as well. <laughs> but we think we fit into it. Uh, regardless of the direction. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I love I love the term health revolution. I, I, I think you and I shared, I, I kicked off a health revolution for myself last year, which started with meditation. So starting with mind to work back towards body, um, which has been really, really helpful. Um, you had mentioned the amount of unknown, and I would love to hear your thoughts um, as we start to wind down here in terms of there is so much unknown ahead, right? The amount of change, what's going to happen with all these consolidations, what's going to happen with Medicaid, Medicare, um, obviously, you know, not not under understanding the political um, environment as well. Looking ahead, the rest of the year, what's what's ahead the next couple of years? What excites you, um, and in your role, um, and then what concerns you as a CFO? Yeah. So, well, certainly, what excites me is that it seems pretty clear that um, uh, employers and other groups that are providing uh, health benefits to, to their to their members have realized that they need to take responsibility for it. Um, the responsibility for providing better care and responsibility to their organizations to manage the cost of it. Um, I think it's it sort of dawned, it's really started to dawn on um, the CFOs <laughs> in the country that this is a line item that they can't just uh, give up to their broker and not pay attention to anymore, that it really is something that needs to be actively managed. And I think that's a huge, important shift that will, um, you know, business has a lot of power in this country. And to the extent that businesses get involved in creating positive change in our healthcare system, I think that we will all benefit from that um, greatly. Um, obviously, it also means that there's a great opportunity for Vera because that's what we do, right? So, so that's right. exciting. It's really great. Um, I think the things that concern me clearly are, are are, are just, I, I worry, I like the fact that we, that the um, CMS has really been pushing this sort of more value-based um, pricing, and um, it seems like the, the, uh, the foot has been taken off of that ignition just a little bit, which I don't like. <laughs> I'd like to see that momentum continue. Um, I think it's a very bipartisan issue, so my hope is that, while perhaps it's slowed down a bit, um, that it won't then that'll pick up again or at least continue on in that direction, which I think is great. I think just as a CFO of an organization where I, too, um, feel passionate about actively managing the health of, um, of our employees and their, and their families and um, managing our costs for our organization, I am concerned that we're still on this trajectory where uh, healthcare costs are continuing to go up and up and up and um, you know, on the not and the potentially not so positive side of some of this consolidation, uh, a little concerned about my ability to control it as that continues on because right. choice might be limited. Yeah, but um, but I'm I'm not too worried about that just yet. We'll we'll see how that evolves over time. But certainly keeping my eye on all of these things and um, and eating my own dog food in the sense that I'm um, I'm proactively managing all of these things. Staying healthy our, in all of this and, and keeping up with all the change. Staying healthy, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's very important. I mean, it's a little bit, I, I feel a little bit like I'm in an easier position than most CFOs because our culture here at Vera really supports this idea of um, whole health and, um, and individualized whole health. So, so not one sort of like formula 
for everyone. We don't try to dictate to people what balance means or um, or how to manage things. But we, we provide access to our clinics so everyone here gets the same type of care that we give to our customers. And, um, uh, and, and we really promote, you know, this idea of balance in whatever form that looks like for you. So... Uh, we really actually do quite well when it comes to our spends compared to just sort of norms. But, but you know, I don't want to take advantage of that. And I need to make sure that we're always, that we're always um, you know, providing to our employees and their families um, the best of what we can offer to the system. Absolutely. And if people want to learn more about Vera um, and the company and the things you're doing, where, where, should, they, where should they go? Um, where can they look? I know I mentioned earlier I was looking at some of the um, Twitter uh, posts you had this morning. You guys are obviously on Twitter. Where else, can they, where else can they find out more about you? We're also on Facebook, so they can check us out on Facebook. Um, obviously, we have a, a company web page um, that's great. I mean, that's where, where our job listings are. It also gives you sort of an overview of who we are, our mission vision and values. It's verawholehealth.com. So pretty simple. Um, Great. Yeah. Yeah. Those are probably the best avenues. Um, and yes, we do. We do. <laughs> well, thank you, Sarah, for your time this morning. I really appreciate you joining uh, for the podcast. Uh, wish you much success in this uh, very, very, uh, you know, active industry um, and, and staying focused. And thank you for focusing on, you know, the, the, the whole patient and the whole health aspect. I think uh, that's certainly something that resonates with me and something I know I'm working on. And it's exciting to see that uh, there's more focus and attention on this. So thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So. And that wraps another edition of Coffee and Change, the podcast. Just one quick note before you go, this podcast can now be found on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and the Google Play Store. Simply search for Coffee and Change or my name, Bill Kirst. Thanks for listening.